Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of systemic lupus erythematosus found under the rheumatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 46-year-old African-American woman with history of systemic lupus erythematosus presents with increasing fatigue, arthralgias, rash, and hematuria. She reports that she had previously been on hydroxychloroquine with success, but had not seen a physician in five years. Physical exam shows a malar rash on her face. Laboratory exam reveals a highly positive anti-nuclear, anti-double-stranded DNA, and anti-Smith antibodies. She also has low complement levels. She is restarted on hydroxychloroquine and steroids. Let's continue with an introduction to systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE. Clinically, it is defined as a systemic autoimmune disease characterized by acute flares, commonly presenting with rash, joint pain, and fever. And remember that multiple organ systems are involved, including renal, neurologic, dermatologic, cardiovascular, and hematologic. In terms of epidemiology, remember that the demographics more commonly affected are female patients of reproductive age, as well as African American, Asian, or Hispanic descent patients. Specific risk factors include family history, oral contraceptive use, hormone replacement therapy, and other autoimmune diseases. In terms of pathogenesis, it is unknown but thought to be an interaction among immune dysfunction, genetic factors, and environmental factors. More specifically, autoantibodies precipitate immune complexes in multiple organs, including kidneys, skin, and brain. There is also polyclonal activation of B cells with the production of autoantibodies against DNA. Complement factors in cytokines also play a key role. And environmental triggers include sunlight, which may cause a photosensitive rash, infection, and drugs such as hydralazine, isoniazid, and procainamide. Associated conditions include antiphospholipid syndrome, which has an increased risk of thrombosis and increased risk of atherosclerosis. Lupus nephritis, which demonstrates anti-DNA immune complexes deposited in glomeruli and may result in nephritic or nephrotic syndrome. And remember that diffuse proliferative is the most common and most severe type. Drug-induced lupus, which is typically positive for anti-nuclear and anti-histone antibodies and is typically without renal or neurologic involvement, and complement level is typically normal. Leibman-Sachs endocarditis, or LSE, is a non-infectious endocarditis characterized by thrombi on the mitral or aortic valves. A good mnemonic to remember this is LSE in SLE. Also remember Raynaud phenomenon and neonatal lupus erythematosus, which is associated with patients with anti-Rho or anti-Law antibodies. And here, neonates present with rashes and congenital heart block. In terms of prognosis, patients often have recurrent flares. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms include constitutional symptoms, such as fatigue, fever, or weight loss, arthralgias, and serositis, such as pericarditis, pleural effusions, or myocarditis. On physical exam, one may notice cutaneous findings, such as a malar rash, which is a raised or flat erythematous butterfly rash on the cheeks and or nose, and spares the nasolabial fold. Also, you may see discoid lesions, 
which are erythematous raised plaques with keratotic scale and follicular plugging. One may also find photosensitive rashes and oral ulcers. Neurologic findings include behavioral changes, strokes, seizures, headaches, and change in psychiatric status. Renal findings include hematuria and proteinuria. Other studies that may be performed include labs, such as antibody testing. More specifically, this may include anti-nuclear antibodies, which are the best initial test, and have a high sensitivity but low specificity. You may also check anti-double-stranded DNA or DSDNA antibodies, which often rises during flares, has a high specificity but low sensitivity. It is a poor prognostic factor, and it often indicates renal disease. One may also check anti-Smith antibodies, which are antibodies to small nuclear ribonucleoproteins. They have a high specificity, more so than anti-double-stranded DNA, but low sensitivity. Other antibodies include anti-Rho and anti-Law, which are also seen in Sjogren's syndrome and are associated with higher risk of neonatal lupus erythematosus in pregnant women. Lastly, one may check antihistone antibodies, which have a high sensitivity for drug-induced lupus. There may also be a decrease in complement levels during a flare, such as a decrease in C3, C4, and CH50. There may be an increased erythrocyte sedimentation rate. One may also see pancytopenia, that includes leukopenia, thrombocytopenia, or hemolytic anemia, which is caused by immune-mediated destruction. One may also see an elevated partial thromboplastin time, or PTT. Remember that lupus anticoagulant increases the risk for thrombi and miscarriages, and it is associated with antiphospholipid syndrome. Urinalysis may also be obtained and may demonstrate proteinuria or hematuria, which will indicate renal disease. Remember that making the diagnosis is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. Diagnosis is confirmed with four more criteria from RASH-NIA-4. This stands for renal disease, arthralgias, serocytis, hematologic abnormalities, neurologic abnormalities, immunologic derangements, antinuclear antibodies, and four types of rashes, which include malar, discoid, photosensitive, and oral ulcers. With regards to the differential, remember to think about acne rosacea, which has distinguishing factors of erythematous papules and pustules on the face without nasolabial sparing and no other systemic findings. Also think about sarcoidosis, which has distinguishing factors of adenopathy, restrictive lung disease, and skin findings of lupus pernio rather than malar rash, discoid lesions, or ulcers. In terms of treatment, remember that the management approach includes antimalarials, which are often used alongside steroids for acute flares and management is often dictated by the specific organ involvement. Conservative treatment includes the use of sunscreen and avoiding sun exposure, which is indicated for all patients. Medical treatment options include non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which are indicated for arthralgias. Antimalarials are indicated for dermatologic findings and joint pain, and are often used in conjunction with other medications, including steroids. Specific drugs include hydroxychloroquine, and chloroquine, but remember that side effects include risk of retinopathy. Steroids are indicated for acute flares, and specific drugs that may be used include prednisone. Immunosuppressants are indicated for patients not responsive to steroids, 
patients unable to tolerate steroid tapers, and lupus nephritis. Specific drugs include azathioprine, methotrexate, mycophenolate, which is indicated for patients with lupus nephritis, and cyclophosphamide, which is also indicated for patients with lupus nephritis. And lastly, belimumab is indicated in patients not responsive to steroids or other immunosuppressants. And remember that it works by inhibiting B cells. Complications to keep in mind in SLE include the causes of death in SLE, which include infections, renal disease, and cardiovascular disease, which is actually the leading cause of death in these patients. More specifically, it includes Lipman sacs endocarditis, hypertension, and cardiac tamponade. And also remember to think about thrombosis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to systemic lupus erythematosus, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 46-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with progressive dyspnea and chest pain. She reports that her symptoms started one week ago and have gotten progressively worse. The chest pain is left-sided and is exacerbated by coughing or deep breaths. She also endorses a six-month history of joint pains involving her knees, elbows, and digits. She does not have a significant medical or surgical history. She takes ibuprofen as needed. She works as a preschool teacher. The patient's temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 78. Pulse is 89 beats per minute, and respirations are 17 breaths per minute, with an oxygen saturation of 93% on room air. On physical exam, a friction rub upon inspiration-expiration and crackles are appreciated at the base of the left lung. She has an erythematous rash that spans the bilateral cheeks and nose. There are also scattered ecchymoses on her arms and legs. A chest radiograph shows a small, left-sided pleural effusion. A complete blood count is obtained and demonstrates hemoglobin of 9 grams per deciliter, hematocrit of 28%, leukocyte count of 1,500 per millimeter cubed with a normal differential, and a platelet count of 80,000 per millimeter cubed. A urinalysis shows elevated protein levels. Serologic antibodies are pending. Which of the following is the primary cause of this patient's lab results? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Hematologic malignancy Choice 2. Immune-mediated destruction Choice 3. Mechanical shearing Choice 4. Splenic sequestration And Choice 5. Viral infection The best answer to this question is Choice 2 immune-mediated destruction. The patient is presenting with pleuritis, that is pleuritic chest pain and a friction rub, pleural effusion, arthralgias, a malar rash, proteinuria, and pancytopenia, which are consistent with systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE. Pancytopenia that occurs with SLE is primarily due to immune-mediated destruction. SLE is a systemic autoimmune disease that presents with characteristic multi-organ symptoms. The acronym SOAP-BRAIN-MD is helpful for remembering the associated findings. Those include serositis, that is pleuritis or pericarditis, oral ulcers, arthritis, photosensitivity, blood, that is pancytopenia, renal or proteinuria, ANA, immunologic, 
that is anti-double-stranded DNA, neurologic, such as psychiatric disorders, seizures, and headaches, malar rash, and discoid rash, pancytopenia, that is anemia, leukopenia, and thrombocytopenia, is caused by immune-mediated destruction. Antibodies associated with SLE cause immune-mediated bone marrow failure and peripheral cell destruction. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Hematologic malignancy, such as leukemia or lymphoma, will usually present with leukocytosis, not pancytopenia. Choice 2. Mechanical shearing, such as from mechanical heart valves, can be a cause of hemolytic anemia, but would not explain the leukopenia or thrombocytopenia. Choice 4. Splenic sequestration may play a role in pancytopenia associated with SLE. However, the primary etiology is immune-mediated destruction. Splenic sequestration is associated with sickle cell disease and can cause splenomegaly. Choice 5. Viral infection, such as with parvovirus, can be a cause of aplastic anemia, resulting in pancytopenia. This is especially true for patients with sickle cell disease. SLE better explains the patient's multi-organ presentation, including proteinuria and a malar rash. Finally, a bullet summary. Systemic lupus erythematosus can cause pancytopenia via immune-mediated destruction. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 22-year-old woman presents to her primary care provider complaining of a facial rash. She says the rash began three weeks ago after hiking in the White Mountains of New Hampshire this summer. Since that time, she has also experienced pain in her hands and wrists that is worse in the morning and accompanied by subjective fevers. She denies chest pain, shortness of breath, nausea, or vomiting. Vital signs are 99.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.6 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 134 over 82. Pulse is 88 beats per minute and respiration are 18 breaths per minute. Examination demonstrates a rash on the patient's face that spares the nasolabial folds along with oral ulcers. The metacarpal phalangeal joints are tender to palpation and range of motion is limited by pain. Complete blood count demonstrates normocytic anemia with thrombocytopenia. Which of the following is the next best step in diagnosis? And the choices are, choice one, anti-cardiolipin antibodies, Choice 2, anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies. Choice 3, anti-histone antibodies. Choice 4, anti-nuclear antibodies. Or choice 5, anti-Smith antibodies. The best answer to this question is, choice 4, anti-nuclear antibodies. This patient's presentation with malar rash, subjective fevers, Joint pain and tenderness that is worse in the morning and oral ulcers is consistent with systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, which is best screened for with anti-nuclear antibodies. SLE is a multi-system disease that can cause renal disease, arthralgias, serositis, hematologic abnormalities, neurologic symptoms, immunologic derangements, and mucocutaneous lesions such as a malar and discoid rash, photosensitivity, and oral ulcers. Patients presenting with any combination of these symptoms should have SLE considered in their differential diagnosis. The most sensitive biomarker for lupus is titers for anti-nuclear antibodies, or ANA. If positive, more specific antibodies, such as anti-double-stranded DNA and anti-Smith antibody testing, should be obtained.
Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Anticardiolipin antibodies may be observed in SLE, as well as a variety of other conditions, such as antiphospholipid syndrome and syphilis. However, they are not sensitive for SLE, meaning there may be false negatives and are not a good initial test for ruling out SLE. Choice 2. Anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies are commonly seen in SLE. They are associated with SLE nephritis, and their titers may correlate with disease activity. They are highly specific for SLE, but are not as sensitive as anti-nuclear antibodies. Choice 3. Antihistone antibodies are often observed in lupus, but they are not as sensitive as ANA. Antihistone antibodies are, however, very sensitive for drug-induced lupus. Choice 5. Anti-Smith antibodies are highly specific for SLE. However, they are not sensitive. Anti-Smith antibodies should be obtained after a positive ANA result in patients with a clinical picture of SLE. Finally, a bullet summary. Anti-nuclear antibody testing is the most sensitive test for SLE. That's all for this review about systemic lupus erythematosus. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.